0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to
1: you by Yet Gadget for all your kayak fishing accessory needs. Go
0: to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153
1: Bake company For all your hard and soft base needs, go to the 153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. Facebook Live! YouTube! What's going on? Little uh, little different dim- demographic here, Jay.
2: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> a lot more roomier in here.
1: <laughs> Even though you're not sitting right next to me, you still seem awfully close to me.
2: Oh, that's
1: weird. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, we're uh, we're doing this remote tonight. Um, we got Mike back for the final part three of uh we've been talking about you know marketing yourself sponsorships you know pro staffs things like that so we're going to dive into that a little bit more tonight um jay and i are remote we uh we're getting prepped up for hunting season uh illinois bow season opens tomorrow wisconsin bow season's already open southern wisconsin duck season opens saturday so like
2: I got a lot, at
1: once we got a lot of <laughs> preparation we're getting amped up for so um, but we're super stoked we didn't want to uh, not do a show tonight so um, let's get mr. McKintry in the house Mike welcome what's up
3: how you doing tonight man ah uh, uh, I'm doing good man I just literally just got off the water like 45 minutes ago so I'm doing pretty good I still smell like fish which is a good thing <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I mean, that means you had
1: at least a good day on the water, correct?
3: Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is uh, I always film in the mornings and I wait till the sun comes up. We have a, uh, this thing figured out where we know when the sun is going to be consistent for about five, six hours. So we don't have to worry about lighting changes as much. Um, and uh, we went out today. We had to go at nighttime. It's the first time I've ever had a film at night um, for the show or like in the afternoon, like three to seven. So fishing was terrible from three to like six, which is pretty much normal for every day. But we finally like from six to seven, they were on fire. So it ended up being a good day, but it started out rough. Nice. Nice. Super cool, man. Well, it's good to hear you're still filming
1: uh, for the show, getting episodes ready. So will that air this season or next season?
3: Next season. Uh, The season ends. Yes. Today. The season ends today for the for 2021. So today's the last day of the season for Bass, the basketball or sorry for Bass Watch Hunter TV. Um, the Basque Watch Hunter starts uh, April
1: 2022. Nice. Nice. So a little, little bit of a break coming up.
3: Uh, you know, it's funny is everyone always says that, but it's the opposite. My busiest time is between now and um, April. It's cause now I'm filming everything for next season or at least most of it, editing everything, working on all my new sponsors for next season. All the new contracts, all the new paperwork, all the new the network stuff, the FCC stuff, the just the, the crew, like everything gets. This is the busiest time. I mean, all the, oh, hopefully, hopefully we have all the trade shows and boat shows from January to March again that I get to go to. Um, so this is my busiest time of the year. This is the time of year where I don't get to fish as much, but I get to work twice as much. Heck yeah, man.
1: Heck yeah. I like it. Well, that kind of ties into you know what we're talking about and stuff like that. So um, if you guys missed part one, part two, you could always go back and watch on Facebook, YouTube, listen on the podcast. Um we got Brad Hurlboss in the in the chat. Uh I don't know what the heck he's talking about, (laughs) but, uh, but, um, you know, part one, we established like, you know, figuring out the base, your structure, your niche, things like that. Uh, last one we talked about promoting yourself, you know, starting to work into maybe some pro staff deals and things like that. So I figured this week for the final one, we'll work into, all right, man, like, we're established we got some pro staffs we've been doing a great job promoting these companies and things like that like when do you try to make that next push into like a a, an actual sponsorship where you're getting you know free product maybe some money you know things like that and how do you go about doing that um you know because i always get that question like you know for me, like in, in my experience, like those situations just kind of happened. Um, or I kind of had some conversations and was like, look, I'd like to do this and I can do this, this and that. And, you know, maybe it works out. So what's your recommendation on that?
3: Uh, Oh, well, I feel like this is kind of like my specialty, which is kind of a weird thing, but, um, in three different industries now I have, made somewhat of a living um doing a hobby i I guess you could say um because of the same thing is i got really good at learning how to be valuable um learning how to create revenue um and that's kind of where this part of it falls in is once you get sponsorships and once you get established like in the first part we talked about getting on the radar second part in establishing yourself and getting a plan second part we talked about actually like you know, inking a deal with a brand, like actually getting a deal and working with brands. And now we're talking about, you know, making real money, um, being able to pay bills and be able to actually, you know, do this for a living or at least, you know, be able to do it for free and get some money on the side. Um, it, I, I think the best, I'm trying to find the shortest path to say this. Um, Cause you know how I get sometimes where I just go off for like an hour. And I'm trying to <laughs> do that. All I want to give you like, <laughs> Jay's like, just do it, whatever. I'm wearing, I can't even see you right now, bro. You're like, oh, no.
2: Uh, I'm like, uh, He's, I'm all in. He's all I'm, camoed in. I'm hiding. In. I'm hiding from the world. <laughs> yeah, Internet not, can't see me today. It's not working. Yeah, I, it might work against this wall, although. I was like- gonna say, you know, you <laughs> can't do
3: me at yourself. Anyway, so when you get to, when you get to this level, um, I feel like the most important thing that you need to think about is put yourself in the other person's shoes. And I say this all the time, but like think about of you being in the company, and would you pay yourself to do something? And would you see value in yourself? And if not, then you know what you need to work on. And if you do, then that's where the fun starts, where you start telling a brand, hey, now we've done this, we've established a relationship, I've been on your pro staff, I've done these marketing things, I've, I've, you've seen what I can do. And assuming you've provided a positive track record and been able to show like, look, my efforts are turning into sales. I'm converting viewers into customers. And you know, this is actually turning into money for you. Then you're creating your own budget almost. You know what I mean? Like if you do the first sure. if you do the first step that we talked about on in the first set, or the second step that we talked about in the second set, if you do those two things, you're already proving yourself. You wouldn't get to step two past step one if you didn't prove yourself. You won't go to, to this step, step three if you didn't prove yourself in step two. So when you go to a brand, Now you get to tell them like, hey, look, here's what I've proven. Here's what I've done. I've already done the work. And now I want to have a budget for this. Like now I want to be able to get paid for my time, get paid for my efforts, get paid for my work. And here's how it makes sense. And kind of like in step one, where you have to make a business plan to start your brand and start what you're doing, you kind of need to do the same thing all over again in this stage where you need to make a business plan, but it's more of like a media kit or sales deck style where you're... Here's your accomplishments. Here's your track record. Here's what I've done. Here's what I have to offer. Here's what I want in return. Here's what you'll get in return. You know, that's what a sales deck and media kit essentially does. And uh, it's kind of like a a brochure of what you do, I guess, like a sales brochure. And now you can do that step. Um, And once you hit that step, then brands start looking at you a little differently. They start realizing that you're an asset, that you're more of an employee. Like they're going to hire you and pay you to do a job. Um, And, Going through stage one and stage two, which we did in part one and part two of this step of this process, I mean, will prepare you for this process, like for step three, it'll prepare you for this phase where you'll already know how to talk to the brand. You'll already have a, a little bit of a reputation. You'll have a little bit of a um, a little bit of a history with at least this brand, if not other brands that you can use as references to. So now when you're asking for something you're not asking for something really, you're earning it instead, which is the main sure. key of getting paid. You know, you guys know this from the podcast, like you can't make money before you make the podcast. You have to make the podcast first, and then you can prove yourself and build a following and build a reputation and that's where you're at now. You know, now you're at the step where, you know, this is where I pretty much was at six years ago is where I was like, cool, now I want to do this for a living. So how do I make real money? And the main question wasn't how do I make real, real money? It was how do I make these brands real money? Uh, you know, I've had a lot of sponsors tell me, like, oh, we don't have a budget for this, but we'd love to work with you. And it's my favorite thing when someone says that because I'm like, cool, let's get creative. Let me find a way to create a budget for you. If I made you $15,000, would you feel comfortable giving me 10? And they would, of course, someone's going to say, yeah, if you make me 15, I can give you 10. Like, if you make me that money, then we get creative and think of different ways. How can I promote you? How can I market you differently? Like, how are you being promoted now? What can I do differently than you're doing now so I can make an impact? Um, You know, all these different avenues where you can find a way, like we talked about last week, be unique and do it your own way. Um, Now you got to find... That way to do that for each brand and that's how you create your own budget so even these small bait companies who don't have money or a small fishing company or a mom-and-pop bait shop who don't have a budget to sponsor people you mm-hmm. can easily tell them like hey look I'm asking for a thousand dollars total for the season to cover tournament fees
0: sure. um,
3: then you can say now I need to know i being a business person I know I need to make you two thousand dollars does that make sense And they're gonna go yeah of course you make me an extra thousand dollars and I'll give you without like that makes total sense So then you got to find a way to do it. So that's where you're at with the stage is is make a plan of attack where you're going to go, I'm going to market this brand. So if I'm marketing Pedal and Fin Podcast, so you guys are already marketed on social media on um, a bunch of streaming apps, right? And Waypoint, some other stuff, right?
1: Streaming apps, Waypoint, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram.
3: Yeah. So you guys are already promoting marketing. So if I was going to promote Paddle and Finn and wanted to be valuable to you, I'm not going to promote you on social media. I'm not going to promote because that's not going to give you any any value unless I have a huge following versus your following. I'm not going to promote you on, uh, you know, on YouTube or any of those other platforms that you're already on. What I'm going to do is I'm going to try to find a way to promote you in a market you're not even in yet. I'm going to try to find a way to create value for you that you don't already have. You already have value on social media. You already have value everywhere else. So if I was going to promote you and want you to sponsor me, I would say, look, Paddle and Finn, let me, let me lay down a business plan of how I can promote you in uh, this hunting world that I'm in. You know, you're not in that world. Let me promote you in that world because if you gain any percentage of market share in the hunting world, it's a bonus for you because you have zero market share in the hunting world or in, uh, you know, a different group that I'm in, whatever it is, whatever you have to offer, whatever other way you can do it. Or, hey, I do these, these classes where I have 5,000 people show up throughout the season. I'm going to make paddle and Fin like the big brand we use, assuming you're not a podcast or a brand, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, that I have something to offer you where I'm going to create new revenue for you. I'm going to create a new revenue stream that's going to give you a budget to give me you know what i mean
0: i don't know yeah, really, but that's like it's yeah. literally
3: like the it's, it's my inside tip of how to make any hobby a living like how to make any hobby a career i've done it multiple times and that's how i do it is you do something unique do something different and when you're trying to find a brand Every single brand needs to be promoted differently. Every brand needs to be represented differently because they all have different markets and different demographics. And you find a way to do it differently for them, and you'll create a new budget for them. And then it's a lot easier when you when you ask for money. It's a lot easier if you earned it already. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So that's, that's literally like my secret tip of uh, of how to do that.
1: A uh, couple questions coming in. Dustin Hoy. Um, the last one was last week Thursday and then part one was three weeks before that. Um, you can find that on Facebook, YouTube and all the podcast platforms. Um, so we've been doing this uh, three part series with Mike and we touched on this next one. Um, last week, um, how important is having a social media following into getting sponsors?
3: It depends what you're looking for in a sponsorship, because if you're looking for a sponsorship that is based off social, like literally promoting on social media, you have to have a following. Um, There's guys that work on teams that I'm part of that literally don't have a Facebook. And I remember in the beginning, I was like, this is crazy. How can this dude, he's 74 years old. He has no social media. He doesn't probably even know how to use a smartphone. Um, actually, I know for a fact the person I'm thinking of right now does not know how to use a smartphone. <laughs> um, so I've had talks with him over the phone before of like, "Hey, here's how you take a picture. I need to, I need you to send me a picture of this for the team." Sure. Um, but this dude. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. It has a huge following, and I, but his following is in person. Like when he shows up to a big bass boat tournament, people know who he is and people are there to listen to him and he's, he's televised and he's got, so his following is totally different. So for him, social media means nothing. I'm sure some sponsors would wish that he had social media following, but at the same time, it does not create revenue for him. Where on my end, that's how I started. So when I started, I was really focused on numbers. I was really focused on social media followings until I realized that I could do something a little bit more unique and different where I didn't need to focus on social media. So social media followings are only as important as your business plan is. So if your business plan is based on social media, which if you haven't seen, um, oh, there's no name, it's just a Facebook user, Um, Facebook, Facebook, Mr. User. Um, If you go on to part one and listen to part one where we talked about making a business plan. And making some strategy to what you want to do in the industry um, that'll probably answer your question a little bit too and how important a social media following is it's more important to have quality over quantity no matter what no matter what numbers you're looking at yeah absolutely i was going to say too I,
2: I think it's it's important to like bring up the way people use the word sponsors so with like facebook user like depending on if you're talking about the pro staff level or like legit sponsors, kind of like where Mike's at, um, there's definitely a difference because I know that word is kind of interchanged uh, a lot know, with, yeah. w- with people on. So just, you know, in case you don't know, pro staff is more of a, uh, you're getting, you're getting things at a pretty gross discount, um, you know, but you're required to have that presence on social media. Uh, you're actually going to be required to do certain things, post one to three times a month. You know, keep it clean. I mean, there's gonna be all kinds of other stuff that go with it. Sure. Uh, Mike's level is a little different because he's trying to make a living on it. So he's actually on the business side of things, which I don't want to discount pro staffers because I know that's a, get, a good
3: gateway to get into yeah, this gotta... kind of
2: stuff. Got to yeah. start
3: somewhere, man. And that yeah. doesn't go away, though, either. Like, people always think that, like, there's stages that you move away from. Mm-hmm. There's still brands that reach out to me that say, hey, we don't have any – we're startup. We don't have anything. But if we give you one of our products, would you use it? And I say, look, I'll use any product for free if I like it.
0: I'll yeah.
3: promote your product on top of that if I have a budget to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll use any product in my show, and my daily use, whatever, if I think it's a great product and I really believe in it. But if you want me to, like, be, like, the infomercial guy for you, then mm-hmm. that's where we have to talk money because that's what I do for a living. So, sure, and that's how, so pro staffs don't go away. Like, there's brands that I work with right now that don't pay me anything. I just get free product um, because they want me to use their product and I like their product. And I'd rather be with someone I like versus getting a paycheck from someone I don't like. Yeah. So And It's funny because I don't think people realize this a lot about my show, but I've had the same three core sponsors since 2016, since the day I started a YouTube channel. Um, The same first three brands that ever believed in me are still the ones that pay me my salary right now. Um, I still have, I have some that added since then, but my main three have been there. And it's because I went through these three stages that we've been talking about for the last few weeks here where I did, I built a foundation. So I had the next foundation on top of that one. And I just built this really solid base of always giving more than I'm getting and always creating value and always making sure I make money for these brands. So next year they're, they're growing with me all the time. And that's a really important part of the stage because You have brands that don't have a budget that you want to work with. You Mm -hmm. know, like if if you don't want to spend, um, you know, a couple thousand dollars on a bunch of fishing reels, but you can't get a a fishing reel company to pay you money, but they're offering you free product. Take it because it's saving you thousands of dollars still. And if you really like the product, don't do it just for free product. Do it because you genuinely like like you're a customer already. And then eventually, if you do a good job. Then you'll be creating a budget for them. You know what I mean? And that's kind of sure. what we're talking about today: is is creating that budget for them. Because even if it's a multi-million dollar company like Pure Fishing, like I work with Berkeley and Abu Garcia, like Pure Fishing, they're the largest fishing company in the world. They own every like they're huge. They're great. They have everything you need in one umbrella. And even a company like that, it, I treat them the same as I treat you know Jim Bob's Bait Company. It's the same exact thing to me. I have to create revenue and create a budget, even though they have a budget. I have to earn that budget. I don't ask for it. I I create that for them and make them see that I make them money so they it only makes sense. Like you you put gas on the machine that that you need to keep in business. You know what I mean? Like you need the engine to keep running, you put gas in it over and over, you keep it running. So I try to make sure I'm always that smooth running engine. So every brand I work with never has to stop putting gas in it. Right. Right, right, right. So the pro will uh, go away. That's I mean, don't think that you're above pro staffs at any level because that's the complete opposite. I, I will take a pro staff from any company. Um, I don't use a discount thing. I just do product exchange. But any company that I believe in that doesn't have a budget, even if they're a million-dollar company, they're just like, hey, we don't have a budget for your show. And I'm like, cool. But I really like – I'm talking to a brand right now about that, actually, that I'm like a huge fan of theirs. And I'm like, look, I already have a competitor that's a sponsor. But I'd rather work with you and lose the money because I like your product way better. Like I really like your product. And they're a huge million dollar company that is just like, sorry, we have no budget. We're just we're struggling from COVID. Like we just don't have a marketing budget. Sure. So pro staffs don't mean they're a small companies. They don't mean that they're huge companies. They don't mean they have nothing to offer you. It just <clears> means <throat> that a pro staff is a promotional staff position where your job is to be a promotional, um, What's The word I'm looking for, um, I almost said mascot, but it's not a word, Stewart. The word. yeah, Stewart. Stewart or like a representative. I guess, yeah, I can't sure. like you're a representative in the marketing department, mm-hmm. um, and that's what promotional staff is. It's not anything fancy, it's nothing, it, it's like you know, when I used to own a bar, um, Miller Light and would and Anheuser Busch and stuff would send their pro staff um to our bar and it'd be a bunch of girls in you know cute clothing handing out shots or samples or whatever and that was their pro staff so Mm -hmm. a pro staff is nothing glamorous it's not it's not professional staff it's you're part of a promotional team and there's nothing wrong with being part of a promotional team at any stage of your career whether you're first starting or you know if you're you know tiger woods you know it doesn't matter who you are
1: sure sorry Uh, no you're good richard tuned in and uh he said most companies can come up with a trade if cash is not an option exactly, and he yep. said being creative is great advice and i mean look at it man i mean richard's always been great to uh, the paddle and finn podcast and like we promote the crap out of his business all the time i mean i think we go at least one episode by saying eastport marina at least once on dale hollow lake you know like <laughs> But, I mean, that's just it, man. Like, it, you, like you're like you saying, Mike, like you believe in the product. It's the same thing. Like yeah. we believe in Eastport Marina. Like one of the most beautiful places to go, hang out, have a great time, be treated like family, and catch a few fish. Like it's, it's the same concept. I'd much rather deal with Richard than like Bass Pro Shops Resort World that, you know, is just like – your nose has got to be stuck in the air in order to <laughs> afford to
3: pay for a room there. You know what I mean? Well, like, that's the point is once you rather promote, I'd rather. That? Yeah. Then, not because, like, regardless if they both offered you a paycheck, obviously, the Bass Pro Shop has more money, right? Sure, sure, they have sure, a, sure. You know, a bigger budget, they could. I don't know. You.
1: Richard, he seems like he's buying all kinds of toys and things <laughs> all the time. So, I don't know about that, but like, giant giant north, north go ahead. Go ahead. Morris'
3: money is different than anyone else's money. I've learned that the hard way. Like, that dude's a different level of money. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Like, if you dig into it, what that dude actually owns, you're like, oh, he owns that? Like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, oh, Oh, he owns that too? Oh, okay, cool. Dude, it's crazy, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I didn't know the Johnny Morris empire. I didn't know what, like, I thought he owned Bass Pro Shop and Tracker, like, which is cool. That's huge. But that dude's just, anyway, the point is, is that no matter how much money they have, you're promoting the one that has less of a budget for marketing. Sure. Bass Pro Shop. yeah. Yeah. it's something you believe in and it's real. Now, if you promoted Mm -hmm. his Marina and you ended up and he's like, Hey, I just made like 50 grand extra this year because like directly because of you promoting it. Now you just created a budget. So now if you go to him and say, Hey, I want you to sponsor the podcast. And he's like, well, he's making me 50 grand a year. So you know what I mean? Like that's cash for. (laughs) (laughs) That's what rich people say. (laughs) All all, all of my, you know, all my money's tied up in investments. investment. That's why I always (laughs) say all the time, like, you know, I I wish I had five bucks to give you, man, but all my money's tied up in stocks. And I mean, you know how it goes, right? Yeah. yeah. Not many, not many like Marina owners like drive around in Teslas, you know. Yeah. (laughs) You know, back in the day, Marinas were uh, part of the disposal business for the mafia, just saying. Yeah.
1: Hey. well i mean i'm not asking those questions yeah we, um, we, that's why we
2: said
3: we like richard
1: yeah. <laughs> like, shh, shh. i
2: know oh, <laughs> no it's the,
3: it's the point though is is you yeah, want yeah. to create your own budget instead of asking yeah. someone for money um it, you know it, it, and it's funny because i've talked to some of these massive companies like like ford and gm and like you know little caesars like big, big huge companies And it's the same thing. I treat them like they're a mom and pop bait shop. I treat them like they don't have money, like they don't have a budget because I want to create a budget no matter what I do. That's how you keep sponsors for five years or six years. that I'm going on with the same sponsors. You know, when I was leaving ICAST, one of my sponsors um, told me, I was like, hey, we got to talk next week or something about next season. I want to make sure you guys are on board still. And he looked at me and he goes, hey, man, whatever you do, will be a part of it. He's like, so don't worry about talking to us about it. We'll just figure it out whenever it comes up. Like you're, we're always going to be part of what you do. And it was the best feeling I've ever had with a sponsor because it wasn't because I was like, oh good, I have security. It was, which I guess was a good thing too, but it was mainly because I was like, wow, I did a good job. Like I must've done really good the last five years. I've always built a bigger um, budget for myself with them. You know, they've consistently grown with me. Um, you know, they're definitely not paying me what they paid me five years ago. Um, I hope in five years they're paying me more than they are now. But for him to say, like, we believe in you and your brand that much, that no matter what you do, we'll be with you. I was like, oh, geez. All right. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. And that's not the only sponsor that feels that way. And, you know, I see other guys that do what I do or just in the industry in general that go through sponsors every season. And, you know, They'll keep one or two, then get new ones. The next year they lose those two. And and it's a big deal to them. And I'm like, wow, it's crazy to me. Like, how do you lose a relationship with a brand? Like, how do you, like, how do you lose a sponsor? I guess it sounds weird to say, but like, I've never actually lost a sponsor. Like no one's ever called me up and just like, Hey man, we're leaving. We're out. Like I've had brands that couldn't keep up where they were like, Hey, we can't go to retail. So we can't follow you up this journey kind of thing. Or we're not big enough to do it or, um, you know, all these things, but I've never had a sponsor to say, you're not doing a good enough job. I'm out. Um, and and I take pride in that because I work really hard at this stage that we're talking about today of trying to make sure that you're, you're building your budget. So every year, even if the brand I'm representing is losing money that year, then they're going to gain money in what I'm doing. You know, they could lose money in retail. They could lose money online sales, whatever it is. But in whatever I'm promoting for them, will be going upward no matter what. And I find new ways if they call me up and say, Hey man, our sales are down. Nothing's working right now. Like what can we do? That's when I get creative and go, all right, well, what are you not doing? Like, what other Avenue can we do this? Like, Hey, I have an idea. How about we promote this product differently this way, this way, this way. And if that changes the whole course of their business, how valuable am I to them? You know what I mean? They're like, they're sure. like dude, you, sure. you just saved our butt. Like we were going down like this, but now this product just bailed us out. Like, thank you so much. Then what happens next year when it comes to negotiations for contract for my show? They're going to remember that and go, well, dude, you created a budget. Like You literally made us extra money. So here you go. Here's your cut. You know what I mean? And if you do that more than once, then that brand is going to look at you as an asset. They're going to look at you as valuable. They're going to look at you as just as important as any other employee they have you're you're part of the gear of the machine at that point where if they can't they can't operate the machine without the gear. And that's where you want to make yourself um successful at is being a gear, being a cog in the machine, I guess, um of their business because it's if they can operate without you, they will, 100%. And why why wouldn't they, you know, trimming fat is one of the number one business strategies um, that you have to do as a business owner is constantly trim fat. You're constantly cutting out extra things that you don't need in order to be more profitable and keep up with everything. If you become a necessity and you're a cog in the machine, you're untrimmable. And and that's the most important part. Even as a pro staffer, if you're the top pro staffer for a company, you're just as valuable as some dude on TV. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, there, there's brands that I work with that work <clears throat> with guys that are way bigger than me, like way bigger followings, way bigger influence, uh, way bigger TV shows than mine. Um, and I do better for them than that guy does, because this guy has the numbers, this guy has this. But I've created that budget so many times over where they're like, dude, this guy's valuable, like this guy's got an audience, but this guy like finds creative ways to always change and evolve.
2: Well, I want to bring bring up something too. Like there's something that's overlooked a
3: lot is like writing, being a writer,
2: writing articles.
3: Oh yeah, Um, dude, that's totally underrated.
2: You know, and I know a lot of people like think that a lot of people don't do it because maybe they can't or they think they can't because they can't develop that skill or, you know, whatever. But I mean, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people out there can, right? They just don't think they're good enough to put it out there. But whatever the case may be, if you're in some, you know, if you're writing like your own blog, or you're, you know, you're in, um, you know, some of the top magazines that are out there, even if it's just a small article, even if it's, you know, a, commonly accompanied with like a good picture or something like that, you're going to yeah. get into, you're going to get your name out doing that. And yeah. you're gonna do that stuff for free, you know what I mean, but you're building you know you're 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 building um you know or marketing yourself right yeah your your reputation yeah. yeah 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 I mean so you're doing that, something
3: that someone else will be paid to do and that's yeah. the you got to realize like creating content mm-hmm. like companies need a marketing department whether they have one or not they need a marketing department and that marketing department's job is to create content promote content come up with new ways to promote stuff um, write articles, press releases. If you're mm-hmm. doing one of those things like writing an article for them, that's value to them. It's saving them money from somebody else that's either not doing it or someone that doesn't have to do it or from a different angle. And if you get it published or get it posted somewhere, even better. If anything, just send it to them. We, mm-hmm. I have a sponsor I work with that one of the teams, that's one of the team requirements is that all the guys on the team, um, on the pro staff level at least, submit blogs and articles. And then the marketing director for that company sends those articles to all the magazines and all the websites and Wired to Fish and all that stuff like that. So not only do you have an opportunity to get published in a big magazine or a big website, like Wired to Fish or something like that, but you're also creating value because that company uses that article, promotes it, and it creates sales and conversions for you or for that company. Mm-hmm. Now you just became an asset. You know what I mean? Look,
2: Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously
3: and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to download the new Bumble now. So like you said, writing, taking pictures, um, doing video work, um, you know, literally reviews, literally anything you can think mm-hmm. of that a marketing department would be responsible for, just start doing it for somebody. So start doing it at a pro staff level, start doing it for free products, start doing it for anything you can, because then you'll create a budget and, and find out which one works best for you. If you find out that you're a really creative writer, focus on writing. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, writing is
3: so overlooked because people don't think that writing is valuable as video but it literally just is like my buddy's a a full-time writer, photographer for a bunch of gun magazines. And it's funny how I always do video work for him because the video accompanies the article, but the article is where the meat is. The article is where like, that's where the content really is. is People want to read about it and then they can watch the visual version afterwards. So it's the same thing in fishing. It really is. There's not enough written. Um, there's not enough written reviews. Everyone grabs a GoPro or a phone and does a YouTube video but doing a written review that actually relates to people, it's a big difference. Yeah, like right mm-hmm. there. That's a yeah, awesome. perfect yeah.
1: example is Dustin yeah. Nichols. Man, he he's got an article. It seems like every month in Saltwater Angler Magazine, every week has a has a beautiful photo, and, and not only that, but like something he does, you can see there. He's got all his sponsor logos mm-hmm. in that article. So he's promoting you know the companies he works with as well. I mean, so you know, so that's from,
3: creating value because now all those yeah. brands that he just plugged in there are getting exposure in a magazine without having yeah. to pay for advertising
1: exactly yeah, and exactly. i I
3: think that if I'm not mistaken that one
2: are that uh who he writes for is in like two hundred thousand locations or something like that. jeez that's like, awesome. it's in a, it's like
3: pretty much everywhere out there in the salt world, but um good for him though man like that's a good avenue to do and and if he's getting published that often like Mm -hmm. well he's good at it too like he he
2: doesn't burn himself out like somehow and 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 i and when the last time i talked to him i think he's commissioned for like two articles um a month
1: yeah something like that yeah Yeah,
2: so i mean so he's like he's been doing this for a while too i mean but dustin is definitely definitely very talented in that area and takes great (laughs) great shots I mean, some of the some of the most awesome shots you'll ever see, like of saltwater fish. I mean, you know, I mean Dustin's, you know, Dustin's, he's a pretty in depth dude. Anyway, I mean, he's like, sure. he was almost a pro skater and all that. Stuff. I mean, this this dude's got some background, so he's got creativeness in him. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure.
3: That's cool. Yeah. Though. That's that's creating that. That's a perfect example because, by the way, I was peeping that uh pedal and fin sticker on the front of that kayak too. Yeah, Um, Yeah. but you're like we didn't pick that for no reason Um, (laughs) but what's cool though is that's a really good visual example right there of how you create revenue in unique ways because including his sponsors in that article is genius because that's the stuff that I've been doing for five years that's one of the small little hidden tricks that are not really hidden but one of the small little tricks that I've been doing um, because people don't realize that there's there's a lot more value when you put links of a chain together than there is by themselves. A a chain link by itself is literally completely useless, but you combine them together and now you have something that's an amazing tool that you can use a million different things, right? So I deal with all my brands. Every brand I work with There's a lot of synergy between them where I'm like, hey, maybe when you buy a fishing rod, you get a free bait. Or maybe when you um, go on this website for this sponsor, then this sponsor is also on their feature for this product that doesn't compete with them. Or, you know, you're trying to find ways to get them to merge together. Or if one sponsor is doing something really cool, like a charity event or something like that, then get the other sponsors you work with involved or brands that you want to work with. It's a really good way to break the ice is to go, hey, one of these brands I work with is doing this big charity event. Can you guys donate to it or, you know, do something? Can you buy an advertising spot or whatever we can do? I want to get you part of this. Then now they're part of your little family. They're part of your little circle and you can create revenue like that. And and if let's say paddle and fin is a, a, like an outdoor company, like you see of products, like physical products. And you told me that, uh, like, yeah, we don't have a budget. We wish we could, but we don't make enough money. And I was like, Hey, I'm getting ready to go do an interview on whatever thing I'm doing. It's a huge platform. I'm going to plug your product on there for free. Like, let me just see if I can do something cool. And I'll just bring your product out there and just have it in my hands or whatever. I can naturally find a way to do it. But that might have created a bunch of sales for you, which gave you a budget, which makes you think you're going to make more money off of me, which just literally bought me a sponsor. And and there's really creative ways to do that. If you have another outlet. So this kind of goes into. Um last week, I talked about playing chess instead of checkers. And the time before that, I talked about that too. And what I mean by playing chess is not just making more strategic moves, but also thinking like ten moves ahead and how they're gonna affect each move. So when I do a TV interview um, with my local town about the summer camps I'm doing or something, I will purposely think of what hat I'm gonna wear, what shirt I'm gonna wear, what how can I include this brand this way? Maybe I can, do this, Like I find really cool ways to do it where I'm like, maybe I can subliminally kind of mention this brand in my speech. Like, maybe I can be like, Oh, yeah, we were out there. And, you know, uh, we didn't get to go kayaking this time. I was really hoping to have the, my, my nice big feel free kayak out there because the kids love to see it. Um, and that's like a little plug for feel free kayaks right there that I just threw into a speech where maybe someone will hear it and it'll convert into a sale. And that's like the little the little things you can do to really create revenue in a different way for a brand besides just the normal I made a post on Facebook and tagged you in it. That doesn't really generate sales anymore. You know, infomercials used to be so effective, like so effective that if you watch TV at any time between like midnight and 6 a.m., any channel, it was all infomercials because they were so effective, right? They've died off so much where people laugh at them now. Like the ShamWow guy became like like an iconic meme almost (laughs) at this point. But he was so effective in his prime. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. it's, so, it's so funny you bring him up because I actually had that
2: thought like of you earlier, like <laughs> imitating him doing something like you're like, I'm not going to go on. So I'm be like, you know, I'm not going to be trying to sell you something I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I want to see Mikey do
3: the sham, sham wow. wow. Yeah. Mikey do the
2: shampoo. <laughs> yeah. wow. He's going to be like Berkeley. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's the thing so literally the number one thing that I talk to brands about is how <laughs> I don't do that. How you'll never see me ever go use this. I'll yeah. never do that. I literally will just be like, here's a picture of me catching a fish and here's the rod I used. And this is why I used it. Maybe it'll <laughs> work for you too. And it works so much better because the the sham wow marketing is it was great in the 90s and early 2000s and in the 80s too. It was great. But you got to realize that those things die off. So you need to find new avenues to promote. And that's where you get a little bit more creative and go, all right, the infomercial thing is dead. How can I promote without being infomercially? And I want to create a relationship with this brand where they continue to use me not just for this trend you know a lot of guys i have big instagram followings um get this a lot where um you'll get messages from people being like hey we saw your instagram we love it we want to offer you our product at 20 percent off it's a yeah. detailing for your car like i get those all the time and i'm just like delete 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 yeah. but because they see a following they assume that you can do that but if you find creative ways to do it Like you find really new, unique ways to do it. That's not on social media. I'm not posting it and hashtag it on Instagram because that doesn't really work in our industry. It doesn't work in almost any industry, to be honest with you. If you have a million followers on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and you have a 1% conversion ratio, that's good. Like 1% is a great conversion ratio. So help me out the math real quick. 1% of a million, is that 1,000? Yeah. Right. Okay. So that means that you converted 1,000 people into sales. Which it sounds awesome, but that's if you have a million followers and that and that math equation. You have to have a million followers people so even hit a thousand sales, and that's if you hit one percent. One percent is a good return. So, you know, having a lot of followers, having that kind of strategy doesn't do much. But finding a unique way, like writing an article and finding a way to plug your brands, doing an interview with Paddle and Finn, and if you didn't notice, I plugged Feel Free a minute ago. Um, like finding ways to do that—that's where you actually can create revenue and create value to a brand to stop doing what everyone else is doing or has done, find a new way to do it because that's where the brands can really, really grow. And that's where they can really get help from. Like brands need help. They need help promoting. They need help getting in the inner workings of every industry. And if you find a new way to do it for them, you're very valuable. If you don't find a new way to do it, you're very interchangeable with the next guy who can do the same thing you do. So we got
1: Jeremy Rathbun in the chat. He says, what's your... Best advice to get a company to even look at you, whether it's a big company or a mom and pop shop?
3: I, I was reading the comment below it where it said, How do you make Jay not suck? Um, I was
1: skipping over that.
2: <laughs>
3: um, I, I even know who that grease ball is. <laughs> anyway, so Jeremy Rathburn uh, or Rathbun, sorry. Um, best advice to get a company to even look at you? So, when I want to get on a company's radar, uh, well, it's different now because now I have a TV show. It's a little bit different because now some people have already heard of what I do. See, so you later. were
1: just normal Mike McKinstry, just got into it. Yeah. How are you trying to make a grab? So, a well, I, still, attention? I
3: still do this sometimes, I guess. I, I guess I should say that. I still do this sometimes, but the way I started doing it, I still do sometimes. But I reach out to a brand and let's say I don't have no way of physically reaching out to them. Like they're not like a, if it's not a mom and pop shop, like somewhere I can just go to physically. Um, I honestly reach out to the social media person um, because assuming they have a separate person, if it's the owner that runs the social media, it's even better. But I reach out on social media first. Um, because at the end of the day, every business owner will look at your social media, no matter what they are going to whether, whether they care about your viewers or not, or your followers or not, doesn't matter. They're going to look at it and they should. Um, that's what I do for a lot of brands that I work with, too, is I comb through social media for people sometimes. Um, so I would reach out on social media, make it easier for them. And just be like, hey, I'm interested in this and, you know, I just want to have a conversation with you. Nine out of ten times they'll tell you who to talk to or say, yes, I'm the person to talk to and they'll have a conversation. It's all you really need to do is have a conversation mm-hmm. because if you believe in yourself and you believe in your ability, you can portray that correctly to them in an elevator pitch, which is like a 15 second pitch. They're going to be interested in having a full conversation with you, which is literally step one of it's called getting past the gatekeeper is just getting in the door. Um, that's the first step of any sale is you need to get in the door. So reach out to them on social media, message them on Instagram, um, Facebook, wherever you see them being present the most. And if it is a physical shop, then go in there as a customer, buy something as a customer. And then when you're checking out, then you start a conversation. So you're, you're not just trying to be there as a salesperson. Um, and you know, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to start talking to brands. Like people think it's so hard. It's not. Getting past that step is where all these three steps that we've been talking about start coming into play. But getting a conversation isn't difficult at all. And if you can't get a conversation, if you can't even sell yourself like that, then you got to really think about pursuing anything in the industry. Uh, Cause that's the first step. And if and a customer or a company is going to look at you, the way you talk to them as if you're talking to a customer. So if you walk in and confident and you're like, Hey, this is what I do. I'm excited. I'm passionate. And I show everything, you know, I show you all my feelings and my voice. So, you know, I'm passionate, you know, I'm excited that that guy is going to be like, wow, this guy could sell just like that to everybody else. But if you walk in there shy and scared and timid, they're not going to really think that you're going to be able to promote their product correctly anyway. You know what I mean? So when you talk to a brand, just, just go for it, man. Like literally be yourself, put yourself on a platter and just serve it to them and say, here I am. Here's what I want to do. Here's my goals. I love what you do because of this. Here's where I think I could help you. What do you think? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And to add to that I too, like when you're asking them, you know, making a conversation through social media, um, maybe just ask them like, Hey, is there any particular kind of photos or videos you guys are looking for that you could use? You know, like I've done that for a couple of the companies I work with, you know, like right now. Right. Like obviously new canoe, you know, they're they're doing a big push in the hunting uh, side of things. So like obviously they're looking for certain photos, hunting related content with their new canoe kayaks. Yeah. So right now I'm trying to get a bunch of that so they can use that to help promote what they're trying to do in their next level of, 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 promotional items, you know? So, I mean, and don't be bashful. And like, I think, you know, Mike touched on it too. Like, don't walk in and just be like, Hey, I'm Jeremy Rathbun. I like to catch fish. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like be energetic, right. like show them Yep. Yeah. Show them your passion. Like you, you really got to be amped up, you know, like I think I've, I've done that a couple of times, like just totally burnt out on day four of a trade show. And I'm just I'm talking to somebody I should be more excited about and like walk away from the conversation. Like, oh, well I really screwed that up because I sound like I didn't get any sleep last night, which I didn't. And I maybe have sound, you know, not as passionate as I should have been about what we were talking about. Like that first impression makes such a huge impression. You know what I mean? Um, you want to, you want to come out banging and, and, and really grab their attention.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, John has made a good point too, to feed off that where, he said you need to show history with – well, you can read it right there. Um, you need to show history with a product that company, service. Don't go in naked, uh, meaning you're looking for a handout because you have followers. Yes. That's literally what I always preach all the time about this whole topic right here is do research. Like If I want to talk to um, – Um, I'm trying to think of a company. Let's just say Columbia Fishing. If I want to reach out to Columbia Fishing and work with them, you better believe I'm going to comb through every single bit of social media they have. I'm going to go through their Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'm going to look for LinkedIn. I'm going to look for... Um, their website. I'm gonna try to find the about us and read the history and see how the owner started it. Um, I'm gonna look at the executive team and see mm-hmm. who the marketing director is and get a face and a name to it. Um, then I'll go through their social media sometimes if it's a really big company, like a big public company where everything's visible, just to kind of see what the people are all about, see what the <coughs> is about. And then if I've never used their product, first thing I do is go on their retail on their website or find a local retailer in my area. And I usually I go right to the website though. Um, and I avoid going to a physical store for a good reason because I want to see how the customer service is at the, at the company level. I want to see if their shipping's fast. I want to see how the customer service is. And I call and every brand I work with knows this, but every brand I don't work with doesn't know this yet, but they will. If I work with them, I call as a fake customer after I buy something and I call and ask questions. I'll call and make up some weird thing. Like, Hey, I don't understand how this thing works. Can you explain it to me? Even if I do, cause I just want to know how they work with me if everything goes perfectly, I like their product. They treated me great. They were great service. Shipping was fast. Pricing was good. Then I reach out to them. I don't ever send someone a blind Facebook message like, Hey, I want to work with you. I I won't do that because I, what do I have to offer if I don't really know who you are? So I do a stupid amount of research because it's important to me. And then honestly, these brands respect that when I come to them and say, Hey, I just last week I had a meeting with a sponsor or a potential sponsor. And I was like, Hey, the way that your founder started this company is exactly how I started my show. Like we have the same beliefs. And she was so shocked that I knew his story, but I'm like, yeah, I saw it on a website somewhere. He did a interview like six years ago. He talked about it. And I read the whole thing. Cause I want to know who this guy was. I want to know who I'm potentially partnering up with here. Sure. And when I started like spitting out facts about her own company and she was like, geez, like, have you worked with us before? And I was like, no, I'm just a fan. And here's the three products that I've used to yours. Um, This one I've only had for a few weeks. I just ordered it, Um, but this one I've had for three years and never really thought about it, but you guys would be a great fit in what I do and here's why. But then once I get past that point, something you mentioned a little bit ago, once I get past that point and I get a conversation, then I ask what's your marketing strategy? Like what's your marketing goals? Like is your like I just talked to a propane company about this and I said what's your marketing goals and she goes promoting residential propane. I'm like cool. Now I know how to cater my sales pitch before I even give it to you because I know what you're trying to promote. So now how can I promote residential propane for you? And I'm like okay, good. My show is on the Pursuit channel. Um it's the number 1 channel on satellite for satellite users cuz it's free on satellite. So it comes automatically. Anybody who has satellite, people who have satellite are also in remote areas who run off propane. Now we just got residential propane. So that's how you, and I, luckily I did the research. I know how the guy started the propane company. I know his history. I know their customer service department. I know the local stores around me that carry that brand and how they work. Like I learned all of this before I had my first meeting with them. And now I'm on my like eighth meeting with them because I did all of that research research and that background and you know they've never heard of me or my show they could care less about my social media following which is awesome um it's just the homework is literally what separates people who do this for a living and who want to do this for a living Mm -hmm. it's the homework it's the grinding it's the 3 a.m i'm googling stuff still and i'm spending three months doing research and testing and maybe i find out i don't like the company after i deal with customer service i did that with a company actually a, a company i used to use are reels I had a real handle break on me before I was sponsored by him. And I called them up and said, hey, I got this problem. And they told me pretty much F off. Like, they're like, we don't deal with that. You need to buy a new one. And I was like, what? Like, you can't sell me a real handle. It, it, it shouldn't have snapped in half. And they're like, well, it is what it is. And I'm like, holy crap. So when it came time to them being like, hey, we want to work with you. I was like, no, I don't. Because if you treat me like that. Yeah, you're going to treat my buddy that I tell him to go to you or my friend that goes to you or a stranger that heard of it because of me. And then they get the same experience. That's not going to happen because now you're going to make me reflect on you then. Exactly. So there's the, the homework is literally like, you know, and it's funny because when I was talking to guys that did this, you know, were professionals in the industry before I was and I was asking their advice on stuff. The number one thing they told me was you know, be authentic and be real and all these things that I, I still stand true with today. But the one thing that they never told me was that brands will see right through you 100% mm-hmm. because you're not the first person to call them. You're not the first person to ask for money or a pro staff. You're number 1,000 or 100,000 or 1 million. And they're not going to take it lightly. They've been burned by everybody before you. Um, it's kind of like dating a girl in your mid-30s. Like, you know, like it's kind of like, like where I'm at in my life. Like <laughs> dating someone in your mid-30s you're literally, if you're dating someone your own age, you're literally dating somebody who's already been screwed over or lied to most likely. So you're battling against all that negativity, all the pre, you know, automatically going to assume all these assumptions about you and who you are. So you need to make sure you show who you are, you stay true who you are, you do your homework, you know, you do your research, you test the products out, you make sure you're prepared because you want to be different than everybody else that screwed them over in the past. You want to make sure you can stand out and go, look, I'm the real deal. I'm not going to give up because it's hard. I'm not going to, you know, I didn't cut any corners. Literally, I memorized your company history because it mattered to me. Like, that's it. And if they don't work with you, you part on really good terms because that guy knows this guy that knows this guy that knows this guy. Mm -hmm. And and it turns into this big circle where like, oh, you know what? We can't work with you. But we have a parent company Mm -hmm. that might work with you. And that's happened before, too. So. You know, it's really important that you do that. Don't call up somebody and expect to get anything because you think you're somebody or you have something. My favorite email that I get at least once a day from one of my sponsors, because um, I, I help out with pro staff teams and a lot of companies, they're like, hey, give me free product and I'll mention your name on the podium next week at the tournament. And it's all they say. And it's the funniest email because I used to reply to them. Now I just quit replying to them because it just got ridiculous after a while. But it's like, that's the worst thing to do. Stop assuming that you get something because you say that you will give something. Give something first and earn that. You don't have to ask for it. You know, I don't have to ask for money from my sponsors, for my ex- existing sponsors. They just literally tell me, here's our budget that we're going to give you. And I say, cool, that works. Or no, that doesn't work. And that's it. Because we're at that level where I've earned whatever they feel like they want to give me. I don't need to ask for anything, you know, and it's, that's, that's kind of where my experience comes from in this whole topic is I got to the point where I don't have to ask for money anymore. I don't have to ask for budgets. I don't have to call up brands and be like, Hey, I really want you to pay me for this. I just, they call me and say, Hey, our budgets, you know, 20 grand or whatever it is. And what can you do with that? And I'll say, here's my plan. And we make a deal. You know what I mean. And that's yeah. where you want to get. But you have to do the research. You have to build a following. You have to be unique. You have to be different. You have to do all those steps in order for that to work. And it's got to be all unique to you. Like you can't follow my footsteps or you know um, you know Kevin Van Dam's footsteps or anyone's footsteps. You literally have to do it yourself. You have to be different from everybody else. If you want to be the same as somebody else, then don't expect longevity. Don't expect any uniqueness. Expect to be one of those sponsor hoppers where every year you're trying to find a new brand because you didn't do anything different for this brand than the other guy did. So you got to pick your your path. You, do you want to have longevity and have stability or you want to fly by the seat of your pants and just hope that you make a dollar tomorrow? You know what I mean?
1: Right, right. Well, and that's, that's something too, like I wanted to bring up, um, you know, you mentioned you'll go through research like, you know, uh, is this product local to me and that kind of triggered something because you know i work with with a kayak shop here locally i know some other kayak shops obviously we work with some brands and things like that like my rod sponsor they're newer to the market um they've been around for a while and they're they're growing but here in the midwest they really lack dealers and uh, one of our sales reps mm-hmm. were coming through and i was wow. like was- look dude you got to stop at this shop, this shop, this shop, this shop. And he opened up three of those dealers he stopped through. That was bringing value to the company. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's huge. That goes a long way. You know, same thing. Like, uh, you know, we work with the Yak Gadget. Um, I've opened up a couple dealerships for him, like dealing with a kayak shop. And you're like, hey, man, uh, you guys should carry this stuff. I love using it. It's great. It's affordable. So check it out. If you're interested, like I'll get you guys in contact with the man to talk to, you know, like bringing that kind of value, like you're talking about to a company. That's how you take that next step. That's how yeah. you get noticed. That's, you know, it's all about bringing some kind of financial value. Absolutely. Yeah, I you mean, it's, great, revenue. it's it's great that, you know, you're sharing photos And tagging these companies. And yeah, that does a little bit of a trick, but when you're actually bringing financial value to the table, now you're really getting noticed.
3: Yeah. If you sign up a dealer that a company didn't have, you literally just created revenue. Like it's not like one sale. You just sign up an actual physical dealer who will most likely reorder and reorder and reorder. (laughs) That's how you're actually creating value. So, you know, like my rod sponsor I've been with for five years I started with them before they even made rods. They made custom rods. They made sure. one-offs, and that's it. They didn't have production at all. And I've been with them for five years, and now, you know, now they're huge. They have forty-seven <clears throat> models now. I think forty-seven yep. models, I believe, and th- they're huge. I mean, they've sold tens of thousands of rods, and uh, I mean, they're not huge. I shouldn't say huge, but they're established, you and that's why some a- huge, 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 <laughs> well, that's why it's important to start like pro staff matters that's why I, yeah. that, it goes full yeah. circle because i started with that company before they even had a production rod mm-hmm. i just wanted to work with them because i got a custom rod from them my bass rod it's still in my garage um i don't use it anymore because it's so unique and one off to me where i don't like, don't want anything to happen to it so i just put it on my on my wall in my garage for now but uh i started with them when they just had that service and it's like how do you promote A $500 custom rod like it's nearly impossible so like it's a service that I couldn't really promote I couldn't really make them revenue but I believed in the people behind it so much I knew they were gonna do something big and I really loved their product and when they came out with production I knew I was gonna like it so I told them I said hey let me see your production if it's good if I like your production rods we'll go full in on this and once it came to production they sent me some of the production rods and I'll tell you what they are so freaking awesome And they're just as good now, they're on Gen 3 now, but the Gen 1s were awesome. And uh, now I've been with that brand for five years and now they're a, a big sponsor of my show. And it grew from literally nothing. And that's the point though, is I took on a pro staff, I took on a team spot and I built revenue and I built a budget I'm the only person, the first person and the only person in the TV show that he sponsors. And mm-hmm. it's because I created my own revenue. I, I created value for him every step of the way for the last five years, where every year he just built it and built it. And he's like, wait, I put gas in this machine and it runs better. Let me keep putting gas in it. And now yeah. five years later, we're up here together now where we started down here because he knows my integrity. He knows and you know, we don't have a personal relationship or anything. It's just business. And it makes sense for both of us, you know. It's a great product. It's a great company. And, you know, if we stopped working together tomorrow, I would never say they make bad rods. I would always say their service is great. The warranty is great. They make great products. And it is what it is, you know, so that's, that's the importance of building that base is building that foundation is whether it's a phone call, a pro staff spot, an email, build that foundation the right way, because you never know five years from now, it could be literally your lifeline, like they could be the ones paying your salary, you know, so it all, it all depends on how you want to build it.
1: Amen to that, man. I think that's a, a good note to uh, kind of start winding down and ending, ending. Um, you got anything else you want to add before we well, add, if anyone end this wants series, to,
3: Mike? I'll just, I'll, I'll end it with this. Um, well, there's two things I want to say. One, um, remember when you're trying, if you're trying to be a professional in any industry, remember it starts with you being professional. Um Before you start step one, check yourself first. Make sure that you're ready for the the journey you're about to take. You don't climb Mount Everest in camouflage gym shorts and a camouflage shirt and a camouflage hat. You don't climb Everest in that. You get ready first. You train. You prepare yourself. You mentally prepare yourself for everything you're going to need on that journey for anything that's going to come up that it's no different than taking any leap in life at all. Make sure you're prepared for the journey, know what you're getting into, ask questions from people um, that have done it or might be doing it too and say, hey, how do I prepare for it? Like literally I did the same thing. I talked to Chad Hoover, Robert Field, Gene Jensen, um, Kevin Van Dam, who else did I talk to? I talked to other people that I know that are just like on TV and stuff, not in fishing. And I got as much feedback as I could for almost a year before I was felt like I was prepared enough to quit my day job full time and do this for a living. And it was almost a year of me just preparing myself. And that really helped me a lot. I still wasn't ready for everything, but remember being, being a professional starts with being professional. Um, So that's the first thing. Second thing I wanted to say, any questions anyone has on this topic, you can message me anytime, 24 hours a day. I'm super transparent about all my stuff. Um, And I don't see anybody as competition. I get this all the time where people are like, wow, I'm shocked. You shared this with me or you helped me. And I'm like, dude, a million videos get uploaded every day on YouTube. So you're not my YouTube competitor. Um, social media is ridiculous. It's like, it's not even a real life to be honest with you. So sure. yeah, there's no competition on social media. And as far as TV goes or any other else I do, there's no such thing as competition because if, if I help, if pedal and fin podcast gets bigger because of something I do, then it's going to make you more popular, which makes your episodes that I'm in more popular, which gives me more of an audience. So at the end of the day, a rising tide raises all ships that are in the water. So I'm help, I'll am help. i help anybody. So if anyone needs help with anything, if you want advice on something, I've helped people with making resumes before. I've helped people getting speeches together for companies. Um, if I know the company, I might be able to help you out with it too. So if you have any questions, you guys can message me, reach me any anytime you want, and I'm more than happy to help you guys out.
0: Don't miss Mondays with Into the
1: Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. And we'll put Mike's phone number on the screen right now. Yeah,
3: I'll change it. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny is I've had the same number for like 19 years, and I've always been so scared to put my number publicly because I'm like, if I got to change it. Oh, well, you need
2: some change in your life, then, Mike.
3: <laughs> you do that, Jay. Just wait to see where your number pops up at. Oh, that's oh I
2: know. You travel too much for that. I don't want to I don't want any of that kind of stuff. I don't story, know how man. many bathroom walls I can write your number on, but I'll stop.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, that's great, man. I'll just no. say,
3: hey, I got Justin Bieber's phone number. Everyone yeah. sent pictures. Here you go. And I'll just put your phone number in.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> that's works. That's funny. Um, no. It, Dude, it's been a solid three episodes, a lot of great info um, for those that are just trying to dip their feet into it or some of those guys that are trying to make the next step and, uh, you know, really dive into it. And um, I think you hit the nail on the head, Um, you know, because I know Jay and I both get asked a lot like, all right, well, I've been promoting this company for, you know two years and I feel like I'm going nowhere. And, you know, how do I make the next step? How do I get them to pay me money or whatever it may be, or give me free product. And it's like, well, what are you doing different than everybody else? And that's the thing. Like you got to be unique. You got to be different, stay on your game and, and, and just provide that financial backing to the company to where it makes sense.
3: You know. Well, my favorite analogy, and sorry, I'm going to cut you off. I just want to squeeze this in. No, before you're you good. Into it. My favorite analogy in life in general, but it applies to this industry, applies to anything. But my favorite analogy in life in general is if you're in traffic and the guy in front of you is stopping you from moving, switch lanes and go faster. Um, and as soon as that lane gets clogged up and you're not moving anymore, switch lanes. Eventually, you can take an off-ramp and go a totally different path. Sometimes like there's – there's no straight line in life, let alone this industry. So, if you find yourself at a ceiling where you're like, hey, this company just isn't budging, nothing's happening, switch lanes. That's it. Find another way to do it, find another avenue. And if that's not working either, keep on switching lanes until you find your path. Maybe weaving out of traffic sometimes, zigzag, whatever. Sometimes you're getting a traffic jam and got to slow down, but. You always find the open lane, and if it doesn't work, get off on the next exit and find another person, another company, another brand that you can grow with. Um, You know, I've never lost a sponsor, but I've left a sponsor before because they weren't growing the the way I wanted to grow, or I got treated wrong, I didn't feel comfortable with it, or something, or they treated someone else wrong, or they couldn't grow with me, or you know, there's other a lot of reasons, and you can just take an exit and go, I'm gonna get out of this one, and I'm gonna go on this new path and then do the same thing if you get clogged up switch lanes that's it just think of a different way to go around it that's all you got to do and literally you can overcome any obstacle in life if you have the mentality if you're just like cool something's in right in front of me but sometimes we forget that we can just kind of do one of those things you know what i mean like we forget that we, can just do, yeah. we forget we can look around things and go oh wait a minute i can just make this move and we'll be good like i don't need to battle this thing and fight it and hit it over and over i can just go around it so if you're not getting somewhere with a sponsor Switch lanes, find a new avenue with them. And and I've done that too, where brands are like, hey, it's not working. This isn't happening. And I'll say, cool, do you guys have a guy that does video work? No, let me do some videos for you. Let me help supplement our agreement by doing more content. Or do you need a blog written? Or, you know, all the other things like, what else can I do? Because what I'm doing now isn't growing with you. What can I do? So yeah. always, always don't be afraid to switch lanes, guys, because trust me, there's nothing better feeling in the world than when you're a traffic jam and you get that one open lane and you can just floor it and you get the wind back in your hair again. And you know, it's the best feeling in the world. So keeping that constant is really important.
1: Heck yeah, man. Mr. Randall, final thoughts.
3: Yep. <laughs> that's pretty much how I think the <laughs> brain works right there, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you like know, you're the Peter Griffin of real life. That's right.
2: <laughs> I don't know if I like I don't know if I like that comparison. We're gonna have to talk. <laughs> um, oh, that's great. No, um, uh, what Mike's saying is, you know, it, 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 it's all relative, right? You know, it's, you know, uh, stay flexible. You know, don't be willing, you know, or, or be willing to say no if you if you don't feel it's the right connection. Yeah, um, I think
1: that's a big thing too, right? Yeah. Like we didn't even touch on that. I think a lot of guys out there just like jump at every opportunity and sees what sticks. You know,
2: <coughs>
3: but- Woo, tungsten. <coughs>
1: Uh, but uh, yeah, you I, hit it I, on the head, right. man. Yeah, Once but in a while you got to say no.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know that the, the it, you may think you want you know that as a prospect, and you know it's I'm telling you right now, if you get too many under your belt and you, you, it's a lot to handle,
3: uh, you got to stay true to it.
2: Yeah, uh, you don't want
3: seventy-five sponsors. You no. can't come up with that. You can't. You yeah. can't actually deliver anything if you have no. more than you know five or ten sponsors the most. I mean, depends what you yeah. can handle. You know, so don't sure. overdo it just to get stickers or to get. You know, yeah. don't think that makes you cool. It doesn't. It'll make you fail. You yeah, get just stickers. You get. I know what you get. Stickers.
1: I want are stickers. they the scratch and sniff kind? Yeah. That's <laughs>
3: <laughs> These are available at basquatchhunter.com or at basswatchclothing.com. Just so you guys know. Was as
1: much best? as we promoted oh, yeah. you, I, I think you'd at least send me a sticker, Mike. Dude, if you guys want
3: some, dude, send me a message. I'm being serious. I'll send you guys a bunch. Um, Send me a message. You guys can also, if someone wants stickers, if you don't want to go online and buy them, you can also buy them through me because I have about 100 that I always keep with me to give out when I see people. I'm going to start putting right. my cop cars. <laughs> dude, so somebody at a trade show. You were there. I think you were there with me. I think it was the Novi show. What was um, it? Someone took my old stickers that I had and put them all over, like, the walls cause I was handing them out there and they were all over the walls, the garbage cans. It got to the point where the event, the event company that runs the whole trade show contacted me (laughs) and they're like, Hey, this is graffiti. And this is, I'm like, look, I didn't do that. Like I handed them out. I'm sorry. Like people thought they were cool. (laughs) They put them on every, like people, other people's booths, like everywhere. And I was like, Oh, And, and it made me look terrible. And I was like, I'm sorry. So they told me I wasn't allowed to bring stickers anymore. So I quit bringing stickers to our trade shows. Mike is like, that's a marketing technique that I don't do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that's hilarious. That's hilarious.
2: Anyway, awesome. thanks for on, guys. I really appreciate it all yeah, the time. No, you guys are
3: no. awesome.
1: thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, Mike. Thanks for all your knowledge, man. It's uh, It's been great doing this series with you, as always, uh, just sitting down chatting with you. I don't know what sound effect that was. But. I think
2: it was cheering, but it came through like... It was, yeah.
1: br- was it weird? Yeah. So, it sounded like the worked. wind was blowing
3: hard.
2: Yeah, it's, the frequencies were fighting each other on that one. Really? <laughs> I, never know
3: how, I never know how that works if I hit sound effects. like. Yeah. See, that you can hear. Like, that yeah. you can hear. That's weird. I, I think you hear it through... Because I'm using a different microphone than I normally use. This one's super hot, so I think you hear it through my headphones. Oh. I think that's why the applause sounded so weird. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's that's possible.
2: Yeah, we're starting. Now, see now he's bringing out all the toys.
1: Either way, either way, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. We hope you guys enjoyed this series and and maybe gained something from it. Helps you down the road. uh I know it's been a topic that's always hot in in the kayak fishing community, fishing community in general. So hopefully it helps you guys. As always, tight lines, smooth paddle, peace. Check out the Bass Watch Hunter.